2024 is off to a horrific start. Don't you think? Maybe I spend too much time scrolling. I, I think it's all always bad now. Like there's not a good, nothing's good. Here's what I've determined. If you wear oversized eyelashes and or are obsessed with collecting Stanley mugs, it's a sign of inferior intelligence. Okay. I saw an interesting take on this and I want your take because I disagree and I agree with it, which is someone was saying, why are we, is it, is it misogynistic that we hate women with Stanley cups, but like a guy can have 40 pairs of sneakers still in the box. And I think the, the argument against that is that the point of a tumbler is reusability. That is the point of yes. that item. Yes. The answer can be yes and no. I also think while it is this multi-million dollar market, I also think people who collect sneakers, I also think that's dumb. If that's your thing, great. You can cancel me, whatever. It's it's always tough when it's not your thing. Therefore, you kind of look down on it. The sneaker thing, I, I think Air Force Ones are so ugly. I think dunks are ugly. These are boys' shoes that like girls wear, but like they just, to me, it's not a pretty shoe. Mm -hmm. Um. But fine, you want to collect sneakers, like that's your thing. At least there is a market value. There, is, there are specialty items. Stanley, from, my, from this perspective, Yeti was expensive and it's a premium item that does genuinely, through magic and science, keep your drink piping hot or ice cold for like 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Better than a Stanley. It was the budget answer. It was like the thing you could get cheaper, the off-brand. And what we've seen, I know this isn't like a marketing podcast, but what we've seen with younger millennials and Gen Z is the overconsumption of what was an off-brand. Like growing up, like nobody had champion stuff. It was like the thing you got at Big Five. And then all of a sudden, everybody had champion sweatshirts. People are finding these brands and then just blowing up because at the end of the day, mostly everything is made in the same textile factory. And what makes a brand cool is people wanting it. It's not like Stanley's architecture is super inferior or superior, but it's this, I just, I, you can have a family and like love God and do all the things that Stanley mug havers do, but like this deliberate ignoring of the fact that you are negatively impacting the planet simply because you're not dumping oil in the ocean you know, like, well, I, I want this slice of pleasure. Why do you need this many? You need one. And then they buy uh, accessories for it. And you can put a purse on it. You've got to get different colors. The colors don't are not satisfying unless you line them all up. Like there was almost a, a riot at like a Home Goods or a Target or whatever when they released like a Stanley Valentine's Day one. Like people just need something to consume. And a year from now, when you're done with it, like what happens? They all just get donated. Nobody fucking needs this. And also like, you don't need this much water. Well, they, I, the Stanley Cups, I first started seeing them in, when I was getting sucked into watching water talk videos where the people just mix syrups into water and call it But drinks. also people are buying, I am going to go in on this. People are buying, women are buying these like massive sugary pumps that are just giant plastic things filled with, they're like, it's zero carbs, zero sugar. I'm like, but you don't know what else is in there. 
Like just because something is zero calorie, actually when something is zero calorie, zero carbs, zero sugar, but still tastes like candy, what the fuck else is in there that's never been tested by the FDA? People don't think about that. And then it's like, I need this pleasure. My life is hard. And it's like, how come in pursuit of personal pleasure, we get to throw all other morals out the window? Like you can get mad and like, oh, I take airplanes. But like day to day, I don't, at least it's on my conscience about like single use plastic and the over and collecting things. And if you want to collect things that become valuable over time, great. But like I point to Beanie Babies. Like now what? Yeah. Like what are those worth? It's just, it also just tends to be when I see women that do that and I hate that it's women. It's not like women and men. It just tends to be like the rest of what they have to say. I probably don't agree with. And girls with the lashes, the whole point of eyelashes biologically is like to catch debris. <laughs> Doesn't go in your eye. Remember the title sequence for Eon Flux? She like caught a fly in it. But the point of fake <laughs> lashes, which I for sure wear and have worn to like on stage, is to just make your eye look bigger. But when you, it's almost like women who wear the huge fake ones didn't get the memo about it trying to make your eye look bigger because you can't see your fucking eye. And then it just becomes this other thing you have to take care of. And they don't look real. That's the whole point. You get surgery, you put on makeup. The idea is that you should fool people into thinking, aka men, into thinking that like you got it like that. And it just looks dumb. I don't care if that hurts your feelings. Like it looks dumb. Just like highly altered bodies look dumb. Like stop and ask yourself, like, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? I saw an interesting word on this uh, WhatsApp group that I'm on and they were talking about how many people in Gen Z are just like boldly anti-Semitic with no real context. And he said something about like it being a generation of no inner architecture. It's like no, so it was like inner architecture. And I, that struck me because obviously it's not everyone in Gen Z and there's plenty of Gen Z who listen to this and obviously you're smart because it's a podcast. But inner architecture to me means like you have a lot spiritually, emotionally, intelligently like going on. And more and more I see people who are so fucking lost just grabbing onto material things, political movements, just looking for a place. These are the same kind of people who like get caught up in like sex cults. It's always white, thin women that are just like, I don't know. Have a purpose, have a passion. I don't care if it's CrossFit. I don't care if it's dog rescue. Like have something, have a moral compass that guides you versus just like TikTok cheese pickles and like looking a certain way because you think men want it. I'm just so, this is not just Gen Z. This is just people in general. What? The what? problem is we see too much of people now. Like I was talking about this with someone the other day because in terms of like, because I do do marketing for work and you're talking about like what gets people. Do do. I do do. What gets people's attention and how much we've changed. Do you remember? Like I remember growing up, if you took a, a vertical video, people would be like, you idiot. Why isn't it horizontal? Like what's wrong with you? Why are you framing it like that? Like we've changed how we consume things a hundred percent. Every can you imagine even 20 years ago, like people sharing as much of their lives as they do now? Just like here's me instead of a picture, like a video of the pyramids, it's here's me in front of the pyramids. Like the way that we consume things is like a collection to show off. Like it's all just so different. So uh, everybody also could have been that dumb 15 years ago, but we didn't have to see a hundred videos from them being like, I have nothing going on. 
That's right. I don't have to watch you discover discovering how dumb you are in a vlog every day. We all participate in it. There's this video of like something at New Year's Eve and the caption is like, look at this. So sad. None of these people living in the moment. Like there's something happening at New Year's Eve and you can see everyone's holding their phone up. And I'm like, you're criticizing that, but you're also filming these people. Right. You were on your phone too. It is a cancer. It is a problem. I do suffer from it as well, but I'm also a keen observer of this human condition because I consume so much social media and I'd like to think I'm not fully sucked into the matrix. I guess it just always comes back to, and it's like a big part of my comedy is always examining like why we're doing what we're doing. Why are you wearing what you're wearing? Why are you saying what you're saying? Oftentimes, and I think just in life, like a lot of things come down to insecurity. I was talking to another comic in London who was wonderful. And she was talking about a comic who has like a lot of heat on them. And I was just like, yeah, but you can't deny like how successful this person is. And she was like, I guess I'm just jealous. Hmm. And I was like, that's so big of you to admit that. Like what we don't ever admit, like deep down often, it's just jealousy. Like even if you hate someone, abhor their behavior, you're just like, I I guess it is jealousy. I'm not above it. But I think in recognizing that, I mean, that's what all social media is. I'm jealous that that person has that trip, has that car, has has those nails. So I'll go do that too, or I'll just stunt like I've got it. And at the end of the day, nobody cares. People will hate you equally and love you equally for having things. I don't know. I've started to just share a lot less. I think it's more impactful, especially with Israel. Like I took a break and I'm like, I don't want to become the person that just like endlessly repost stuff about me, about my life, about politics. You have to be like strategic. Otherwise you just become, you get labeled crazy very quickly. Yeah. What are you wearing? A very large sweater. And my hair oh, it looked from the shower, so I look like I crawled no, out of a cave. The the headphone coil looked like a mandarin <laughs> collar, so I thought you were wearing like a big Chinese like robe. Okay. No. That's nobody at home can see this. And <laughs> you can't even see what I'm talking about, but it looked weird. <laughs> no, everybody at home is crying into their very long lashes over their Stanley cups with their sugar water in it. Just like, no, Eliza, why? But that's the other thing. And I feel like I'm like officially old now. Like I remember the indictment on millennials forever was uh, boomers being like, well, you shouldn't have avocado toast. Now that's an oversimplification of what they were saying. And we're like, why can't we have them? We were saying, hey, you've ruined the economy and the housing market and the job market's not there. This is our one pleasure. And what they were actually saying was, if you eat this at the time, probably like $8 item, $9 item every day, it adds up. And I see a lot of people, you know, who are struggling, but they keep getting like TikTok hauls. They keep ordering Starbucks every day as a flex, which it isn't. Like, I I don't like Starbucks because they burn their beans. Politically, they're fine with me. Um, And so it's just about like this society we've created where it's like, it's okay to treat yourself. Like, sure. It's a treat. If it's every day, it's a fucking lifestyle. And you will save money. If you, I'm saying like, you get a Starbucks every day, you get a piece of shit, cheap plastic from Amazon every day. Like it does add up. That's hundreds of dollars a month that you could use for something else. And because we seek spiritual enlightenment via consumption of these things, makeup products, makeup fridges, single use plastic, endless skincare, 
I don't know. Maybe I just, I'm on the internet too much, but like all of these things don't actually make you feel better at the end of the day. No, but there is, I understand to an extent, like at this point, probably me and everyone younger than me isn't going to be able to retire. Like they're going to run out of social security. Like there's nothing, there's no safety net. So it's easy to just be like, I have to enjoy right now because it's not like I'm going to be able to retire when I'm 55 or 60 or 65 and then enjoy myself. It's like, no, I'm probably going to work till I'm dead. So I might as well try to get through today. Uh, but there are plenty of people making way more money now, younger than there were when I was younger because of the internet. And so this isn't like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. This is just saying like you're fucking fooling yourself if you think that you can hyper consume all of this garbage excuse me, that does add up and then play the victim of like, I don't have anything. Do it once in a while, but like, I don't know. I just think, I just see a lot of it. I just see a lot of endless, and then it becomes waste. Like people who like thrive on like tree hut hauls, skincare hauls, and you open their cap, you know about this? What's a tree hut? Tree hut is this brand of body products. It's like sugar scrubs, body washes, there's no way these things are organic. There's no way these things aren't. They come in every, like they've got like eight different kinds of Christmas cookie. And you, if you like to uh, search like hashtag like tree hut, people will show you their showers and it is just, it's hundreds of these plastic tubs of synthetic perfume added like body products that smell great, but like people become obsessed with the colors of them and consuming them and collecting them and they go bad. And then you have to throw it out. And so we've just, we as Americans, because America was always based on like the land of plenty, like a chicken in every pot wanting more. That was our whole thing. I think I've talked about this during the Cold War, right? America's obsession with like Tupperware and like really ugly, colorful food and aspic jello mold, like dinner parties was us thumbing our noses at the Soviets, being like, you have nothing, you have bread lines, everything's gray. Look at all the things we have here. And so that's a big part of American culture is overconsumption, too much, much is more, higher the hair, closer to God. Too much is too much. And uh, it's trickled down into this weird Amazon order only overconsumption then you make money off of showing people how much you have. Like there's no difference between that and hoarding other than you color-coded it. Maybe I just need to read all these books on my nightstand instead of look at the internet. I mean, yeah, it's not... It's not helpful. And then the problem with social media giving you all the same kind of thing because you watch it and then it gives you more. Like mine is all little people making miniatures with little pieces of plastic or cats using the same three songs or, you know, you get you get narrower and narrower and narrower worldview of what everyone else is doing. I also have to say, like just going back to all of this, like for some reason today, my topic is like victim mentality because I'm dealing with someone in my life who's like a professional victim. Me. And whenever I see, but you're like a victim of like weird things. Like it's not even, you're like, this bug is out to get me. Like in life, you're pretty proactive. I cringe when I see people with like their Venmo in their bio. 
I'm not interested in your politics, what you have to say. Like it's, why is that there? Why, why is that? Why are we tipping you? The Venmo removes the validity. If you do a service, you can tell your clients, but like, here's my Venmo. And and I also, it soured me to like anyone that has a GoFundMe. I'm like, is this real? Yeah, you have to be, it's so, that's a real case of like a few bad apples spoil the whole bunch. Or just people that have like, malformed political opinions or any political opinions and then they have like their Venmo at the top. I'm like, oh, right, because you're a well-researched doctor on this and I should be paying you for your fucking hot take armchair advice. Like, I'm good. Yeah, then put it's it in an such article. a trash look. It's a trash look. Yeah. When you are always asking people for money, it's like a, it's disempowering. I'm speaking in like these vague terms, I'm obviously talking about certain people, but sorry, I'm, my Noah bought like all these like tiny oranges and we all can't stop eating them. <laughs> That's fun. They're like the smallest. Each orange is like the size of the of your thumb meat on the palm of your hand. It's like a short season for them. And he came up from the farmer's market. He's like, I ordered 12 pounds from this one farm. They're having a short season. I'm like, great. Load up. Does it taste just like an orange? Like a little tangible, like a little cutie. Mm, it's nice. And so he's like, Sierra's always like, Moss Orange. And you're like, but you've had five, which I'm guess, I guess really equates to like two real ones, but I guess it's like too much orange. Is there such a thing? Yeah. I guess too much citrus maybe for a baby. I don't have a baby. I have a fruit bat. <laughs> I have a fruit bat with blue eyes and, uh, and it's wrecking my finances. <laughs> Please bend on me. All right. <laughs> Okay. Uh, by the way, do not. And if you ever see me on Venmo, it's not me because my Venmo handle is a ridiculous one. So <laughs> don't get scammed. That happened to me. Remember on Twitter, the guy that was like, I'm Eliza, I'm selling a PlayStation. And I got all these messages from real fans that are like, you still selling that PlayStation? I paid. You have to like, be what so- about me suggests that I was selling PlayStation and I- ask you for $500? <laughs> Whenever I see celebrities posting like, please don't believe this account, I'm like, the fact that you even have to like tell people, because I'm sure you feel bad like that these people are being ripped off in your name, but it's also like, guys, come on. Like when it'll be like, hey, uh, Eliza, this is me, Kathy Jimmy. Can you send me $100? I'm just missing some money and I know you're a big fan. It's like, what? Totally. <laughs> no. Uh, my, the night nurse, the nanny that we had lived with us when Sierra was born, Myrna, I, something she lost her phone or something. So she has been DMing me on Instagram. Yeah. And she sends me her, we always call each other ma'am. Uh, and she sends me this message. She's like, hello, miss. And I'm like, the uh, miss always sounds like a bank scam. A spammer. And she, she was like, I will be requiring my retainer, which is like you pay a week salary, like up front just to retain yeah. them. She's like, I'll be requiring my retainer. Um, please like forward the payment. It was like very formal. And I, it was on DM and I don't know what happened to her profile, but it only has like four pictures now. Like, I don't know if she erased everything. So it looked like a fake profile. And I was like, this feels like a scam. She's like, LOL. And I was like, okay. What's my favorite Jamaican food? And she was like, it's a festival, which is like this like bread thing they have. And I think it's a funny name. And so I was like, okay, I'll give you the money, but I still think it's a scam. But basically anytime she messages me now, I'm going to tell her it's a scam and she has to prove she's a real person. She was like, you play too much. And I'm just like, okay, whatever, robot. It's a long game. It's a long con. Okay. Any hot updates? Okay. No, never. 
I mean, there's some hot updates we'll get into in another episode. Same set. But why do you do that? I always ask for them and you're always like, dingle, dangle, no way. <laughs> because there's just there's a lot going on. We'll do it. We'll do it. But we want to start off with some some other stuff because we've just been talking. I'm just trying. I think our episodes need to be a little bit longer than an hour. I mean, just a little meteor. Just, just a little, little meteor. I oh. think you skimp. Skimp. I think. I think you skimp. It depends when we record. If we record on a day like this, we can go long. On other days, I have a separate job. Whatever. <laughs> but this is your passion. You're like, I got a shit. Let's cut it off at fifty. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would hold it in so hard if that happened during an episode. Ew, hell. <laughs> you would never just like know. Coming out of your ears, you're like, I'm fine. You just get so quiet. Oh God, someone help. <laughs> Gracie. I'm sorry, I said Gracie. Sorry, I meant to say Rizzoli. <laughs> you invoke the name of Gracie. Gracie, give me strength. Have you <laughs> have you ever been in an interview or something and needed to go to the bathroom? Like yeah. TV or uh, right now, podcast. Right. Well, all, you, you always do when we record. You always need to go to the bathroom. I wish. Uh, it's more like you got to pee, so you wrap it up. No, I'm fine. I mean, I go on stage and I pee so many times before I go on stage. And then once on stage, it's fine. And I, I don't drink water. I just do my set. And then you come off stage and you realize all your bodily functions come rushing back. Okay. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Let's do it. Hi, Eliza. Emily and everyone. Shay AIA. I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning and finally have a question which I haven't heard before. This is what we've been looking for. Remember, I made a call for please new types of questions as well as bridesmaids. Shay AIA, the house of Ask Eliza. We're like a drag house that makes me the mother. Work. Work. I am 44, female in the UK. During my 20s and early 30s, I kept a diary regularly. I was suffering from depression and anxiety, having a bad time in my career at the time and in a toxic relationship with a man I believed was the love of my life. Alongside medication and therapy, my diaries became a place to offload and document how unhappy I was. During this time, I had a really difficult relationship with my mom. With hindsight, she was going through menopause and I was trying to establish who I was as an adult. Some of the things I wrote were incredibly harsh. The other side of the diaries was documenting this 13-year toxic relationship with a man who was 16 years older than me. I was 17 when we met. So it's 17 and 33, right? 16 years older? Yeah. Not, I can't do trigonometry. I don't know. I think in my romantic case in my 20s, I figured I needed to get every word, every painful feeling down because it was such a great, quote, love story scare quotes. I was going to write it into a book when I was older and we were together. Good news. And it was a full police report. (laughs) I had a mental breakdown in 2011, which helped my mom and I sort everything out and gave me the strength to walk away from that man. I've had no contact with him since 2011 and my mom is my absolute world. I have a wonderful job, own my flat and spend my money going to see concerts on my own and dancing in as little as I can get away with given the British weather. I have 11 volumes of these diaries. I flipped open a couple recently and read a couple pages and it was a gut-wrenching to see how unhappy I was back then and some of the things I said about people I love. My question is, should I destroy the diaries? I have this fear of getting knocked down by a bus, my mom or others reading them and being hurt by what I said, which isn't reflective of our relationship or who I am now. On the other hand, it's a record of what I was going through and showed me how far I've come. I've thought of three options. 
One, destroy them, possibly in some kind of private ceremony or at the very least with a glass of champagne. Two, type them up into a document, put a password on it and destroy them. Three, get some kind of movie style bank box and lock them up. Thank you both for affirming my own belief that I'm pretty great now by giving the kind of advice I give to myself and friends. Charlie XXX. Um, you have a weird attachment to these diaries and we all have attachments to things because you think like, are these useful to me now? The answer is no. You've already flipped through them. I imagine it's painful to read. I also at, how old are you now? Uh, let's see. Whatever, <clears throat> whatever you are. Uh, 44, 44. Yep. You, would you be interested in the musings of a 19-year-old girl, a 20-year-old girl at 44 now? Unless you are a YA fiction writer and you need these for, for some sort of context, there's no reason to keep these. These don't remind you of a positive thing. You don't need to be reminded of how far you've come. You're a grown woman now. We've all come far. And you sure as shit don't need to be reminded of mistakes you made and opinions that you were entitled to at the time. Young women are allowed to be shitty, to say shitty things to their mom, to be in dumb relationships. You have the reminder. And it isn't as if you are on the verge constantly of making those mistakes. If those books were burned tomorrow, would you miss them? How often are you looking back at them and why? You know, if you want to take one and make a couple photocopies of a page and like you said, which I was going to say, stick it in a lockbox in the bank, great. But these don't serve you. And I don't even think you need to give them as much respect as burning them in a ceremony. I would just shred them and be done with it. Because that's how little you need those opinions and those memories. Give yourself a fucking break. This idea that you'll die and your mom, will, if you, even if your mom did, like you were a very hurt and upset girl who was growing through something. It doesn't sound like, you know, you're not saying like my mom was perfect and I was awful. Like you guys had a fraught relationship. It's okay. You're allowed and you're okay now. And your mother loves you unconditionally. You are holding on to these books as a weird, it's weird to have that energy in your life. Get rid of them. You will not miss them. Unless yeah. there's like cool stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm less concerned with your mom or friends or whoever finding them if you get hit by a bus and more concerned with what they represent to you in terms of why are you, now you've looked at them, you've reflected, you've emailed us. Why would you look at them again? What would be the next time you open them and how would that make you feel? Who wants to revisit a shitty time in your life? You want to get as far away from that as possible. There's no way you're going to regress back to that. You're a completely different person now. I think, I hope, I think by staying tethered to them, it almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy, like having that in the back. You don't need to be reminded. Forget, go and forget the shitty thoughts you had. Go and forget the dumb relationship you had. I would love to forget my relationship with like loser dudes. The more you distance yourself, the more you're free to become whatever version of yourself you want to become. Don't even give that time in your life. It's not about the time in your life. It's about who you are now. You don't need to be reminded of how far you've come. You're already here. Mm -hmm. 
Like, that's cool that you had a journey. You've talked about it. We're done. Don't even give it the respect and the energy of like making a ceremony. It's not like you were in an abusive marriage recently and you finally got a divorce. Like you got out of a shitty relationship because you were a young girl who was in a dumb relationship with an older guy. It happens. I don't know everything about it. And maybe I'm missing some like horrible nuances. The power will be in just shredding those things and they get nothing else from you. No power over you. That's what I think. Right. You don't need to constantly look at who you are now in terms of a comparison as to who you were when you were 17. You don't have to atone for it. You don't have to think about it. Like whenever people are like, and in my 20s, I did it. Who cares? Who remembers their 20s? Who cares? That being said, I do hold it against anyone that was shitty to me then. But like... Whatever. He made you were in a dumb relationship and and this is what 20 somethings do. No one can give them any advice or do anything and you made a mistake. Yeah. Big fucking deal. Not like you terrorized a music festival and took a bunch of hostages and raped them. Next question. Hey, crew, longtime supporter, listener, but first time asking a question. My father was adopted at birth and had absolutely God-sent adoptive parents and no interest in seeking out his birth parents. When I say no interest, I mean he has a deep hate for his birth parents giving him up and has been very resentful to any conversation of doing so. A couple of years ago, my dad was diagnosed with a skin cancer and that was possibly hereditary So I decided to dive into my dad's genealogy with the help of my grandma, my mom's mother. I found my father's birth parents who have unfortunately passed away, but he has one full sibling and five half siblings who all still live in the same county we do. From what I can tell from my research, my father's birth mother was 17 when she gave birth to my dad and his birth dad most likely had no idea she was pregnant and had my dad because he was most likely away at boot camp. This was 1954. Five months after having my dad and giving him up, his birth parents got married, and then a year or two later had my dad's full sibling. They eventually got divorced, and his birth mother married another man and had five more children. My question, should I attempt to contact them? I cannot tell my dad I have done all this research and he would absolutely not want to meet his siblings. I also don't want to ruin people's lives by coming out of the woodwork with information they never knew. Thank you for your opinion and all insight. P.S. You can say my name, Kira. I highly doubt my 69-year-old dad listens to this podcast, LOL. I hope he does. Rude. <laughs> we, got, we bring in all kinds. You know, we get a lot of questions about like, someone's adopted, should I go digging? In this instance, I'm going to say no. And here's why. This actually has nothing to do with your dad or the skin cancer. This has to do with you. I'm not, you're not a bad person, but you're meddling. This is you as a daughter taking on your father's pain at not being made whole. The fact that you're telling me he is resentful of this, you're seeking to fill in this hole in his heart by getting some closure on your end. And the fact that there's skin cancer, it's not um, like they have a genetic malformity and you need some sort of donor and he needs a, a relative. People get skin cancer and just because people in your family have it doesn't mean you'll get it. I don't know the rate of treatment on that, but skin cancer is a treatable thing in many cases. 
you're using this under the guise of like, and I, what you would what call this person up, be like, my dad has skin cancer and I just want to warn you. They should be getting checked for skin cancer. You know, it's not like they need his half of his spleen to live or something. You have taken on the pain of your father for his whole life talking about how much he hates this, let's just say it, woman. Not understanding the context of what this woman at the time was going through. And people do this. You get, you don't know what life's going to have. You don't know if your husband's going to die in a war and you give up a baby and then everything's okay. And this, these things happen. So that is unfortunately a pain your dad carried. And it's not up to me to decide if he had to reconcile that or not. There's no reason. There's no reason. And, and I get it only because I know what it's like to have a relative who has a pain from another relative and you try to reach out to those other relatives and you try to make it whole. And it just, it would just be for you. Your dad doesn't want it. It's not like he secretly wants it and doesn't have like the brain power or the guts. He has made this very clear. What would be accomplished by reaching out to them? Yeah. You're trying to fix, you're trying to fix your dad because you love him and you can't. Well, and you can't fix this. It's not like you don't have any extended family. Your, your grandma on your mom's side helped you with this. So you even, you have extended family. You're not like left alone, like searching for some familial connection. Don't let, this generational pain be passed down to you. You're sad for your dad, but this is his choice and his path. And again, it's not something that people need to be warned about. And God, it'd be really weird if you're like, hey, my dad has skin cancer. And they're like, okay, well, we don't. You're like, okay, just, I mean, you could. Sucks to suck. In this case, there's no reason to go meddling. It's not as if you need to know. It's not like you don't know who your mom is and you're like, I need, this is not about you being made whole. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't need to fight this battle for your dad. No, I mean, it is the thing of like, so the fact that she was 17 and her boyfriend was going to boot camp definitely softens the blow of her giving him up in, in I think, an objective mind's eye. But your dad has been carrying this grudge for so long that nothing's going to, he's not going to go, oh, okay, she's forgiven then. It's, she had to. to not, yeah, he's allowed to have that real pain. Like, I can't imagine what that feels like to feel like nobody wanted you, but this is not on you. And you would not be, it would not be from the highest light that you went searching for this. So leave it alone. Yeah. They're fine. He already has the skin cancer. You don't need to warn these strangers. Yeah. Who probably don't have it. Especially the half siblings. Like, half genetics? No, we're good. All right, this email subject line is related to when we talked about jokingly what we want people to write in with. And so this email subject line is, you You want want the the lowest? lowest? Okay, Okay, here we go. Dear Eliza, Emily, and all the little niblets. Okay, so I, Jennifer, 47, female, was listening to your New Year pod. I've been listening since my husband, Killian, 33, wrote in to talk about the female friend that came to our wedding who likes to live drama free. Yes, he is the best husband. And yes, he was so good to me and saw that what she was doing was attention-seeking behavior. Now, this was one of those instances where like this friend, this female friend of his was getting way, just way too involved in everything. And he was the one that was like, we need to cut this out. She's being shitty to my wife or my future wife. Like he he was very on the ball, basically. Mm-hmm. So he and I have been married almost six years now and are very happy. No idea what happened to her. Anyway, I heard you say you want the hard stuff, so here you go. Give me the hard stuff. Oh, 
first, my 102-year-old grandmother was moved into a home in the last six months due to the fact that her depression due to her youngest child, my aunt, passed last September from stage four lung cancer and living on our own in our large family home. Yes, she is a wonder and such an amazing woman. I'm having an issue reconciling that since she is my last living grandparent and I spent so many of my years of my young life traveling and staying with them. I have unfortunately been diagnosed with follicular lymphoma and have not been told fully what the outcome will be as of my writing of this email. I've been told I am lucky it was slow moving and caught very early. I'll probably be able to escape chemo and possibly get through it with CT scans and monitoring to make sure none of the areas I could get it developed. The problem... I don't know if I should tell my grandmother that I have this, seeing as she has already suffered so much loss. And yes, I know it is a thing that happens as life progresses, but I'm stuck because I suck at lying to her and she's always been able to get a read on me pretty easy. She could be with us for a good while longer with how much she's held on. And well, I don't want to risk it being the last memory her and I share. So what do you think? Tell her and hope it goes well until she passes or have lying be the last thing I possibly do with my grandmother. I know in the grand scheme of things, this may not be the lowest anyone can think of, but at this point in my life, it's a lot to have to deal with on top of finding out you get to have cancer for the rest of your life. Saw you in Ottawa, Canada when you played the Knack NAC. And as always, you are amazing. Also, as a boy mom, you're going to love it. I love every second of being one and think you'll do an amazing job at it. Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Are we going to have the same opinion on this? You go first, and then I'll change mine to match yours. I think... If you can get away with it, you should lie, to be honest. I don't think you have to lie at all. I think you just don't. I think you just omit the truth. She's not going to. Are you Japanese? No, she's not going to be with you for a while. Okay. She's been moved into a home. Depression. I mean, it's, it doesn't sound like a great sign. Um, You are allowed to. I think you want to. I think you want to tell her. 100%. I think what, yeah, I think you're wanting her sympathy. This is about kind that that is awful to find out you're going to have cancer the rest of your life. But what would telling her accomplish? It's either going to make her feel awful or she'll be like chin up, which you were already going to do. It's not a It doesn't sound like mentally she's in a place to really be hearing that and it would be I can understand you wanting to tell her because you spent so much time with her and there's all this stuff, but it's not about lying. We didn't tell my grandma when her daughter had cancer and she was in a hospital because sometimes it's like the kinder thing to do. So, so that's the answer. The word isn't lying. You just don't have to bring it up. She's not going to be able to read it. That's the answer. I know that the answer was kind of like cold and like, don't tell her, but like, that's why people listen to the pod. You want to know the thing that like people are probably reticent to tell you or don't want to tell you, like, don't do it. Yeah. You want to tell her because you want to share that with her. You want her to make it easier for you. And that's not the wrong thing. That's not the wrong thought. But if you're asking our opinion, our opinion is don't tell her. Because it's like, unless you go in there like, and grandma's like, how are you this week? And you're like, oh. My dog has like three bow in her mouth and she's just barking through them <laughs> at the door because somebody breathed in the other room. I'm so glad she still loves her bow. There are some things that stay consistent in this world. All right, we have an update. Red hot update. Oh, yes. Update re. No holiday photos, please. 
Thanks so much for answering my question on the fat, juicy New Year's episode. Here is the requested update. A few days... I'm sorry. We should say on the body positive (laughs) New Year's episode. (laughs) (laughs) We must have called... Did we call it fat or thick? I feel like we probably called it fat. I think we said fat. Things can be fat. Yeah. Fat, thick, juicy. I think fat and thick are two different things. Yeah, I guess they are. <laughs> a few days for Christmas. So, okay, this is the this is the one about the relative, the like Republican relative is always taking so many photos and putting them on Facebook and tagging. She everyone. didn't say Republican; she said MAGA, which you can be a you can love your tax cuts without right. uh, being an insurrectionist. So, all right, all right, <laughs> all right. A few days before Christmas, I called my dad to see if he needed us to bring anything else to dinner. He ran through the list for what everyone was bringing and mentioned that the photographer relative had volunteered to buy a centerpiece for the table, which he didn't think was necessary. I said, oh, she probably wants to make sure the photos will look nice on Facebook. My dad's response was, she posts all those pictures on Facebook. My dad is not on Facebook and is not a fan of social media in general. I assumed he knew that the photos this person had been taking at family events for years all ended up online, but evidently he did not. I think he must have told her to dial it back because this Christmas she only took five or six posed pics and no candids or videos. She also did not bring the centerpiece for the table. My boyfriend and I are only in two of the photos. We look fine, so whatever. Eliza's advice to politely opt out or turn my face away from the camera was totally solid, and I'd like to think I would have taken that approach in the moment, but... I'm pretty pleased in the end I didn't have to. Okay, so, okay. Here's here's the thing. The (laughs) ultimate advice, the ultimate outcome of any situation where, because we've been talking a lot lately about about situations where you're annoyed by something, but you look insane if you say something. Everybody else is just like, the best thing in the world is that someone else is like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? (laughs) That is so satisfying. The best thing in the world is if someone fight your battle for you. Mm-hmm. This goes back to all of the issues we've had with people in offices. We're like, I hate this person. Remember like the girl who said like, I'm ethnic. I don't like this girl. And I'm like, the, what you want is other people to be like us too. Mm-hmm. And then they step up. Um, so great. I'm glad. I'm bummed out. You didn't get to use our advice, but that's not an update. Like it resolved itself, but well, thanks for- no. Because our ultimate advice in every situation would be get someone else to handle this, but we can't rely on that. So we have to give you advice for you. I'm glad your dad said something. And you know what's a bummer? You wonder if she heard that note from him because he's like a man. An older. Ask your dad what he said to her. I'd be curious. Yeah. Yeah. He probably just shot it to her straight. All right. Another question. A fun one? Oh, boy. Um, Yeah. Well, no, but kind of. uh, This is an interesting one. Hey, AIA crew, happy new year. I'm hoping to get an opinion. My husband and I both work full-time jobs, very demanding jobs, and on the side, for fun, have a photography business. We wanted to get a new poster made for advertising and events and thought it would be fun in the new year to run a contest to get on the poster. All participants had to do was select a photo we have taken from them that they think is the best and submit it, as well as like the post on Instagram and tag a friend. We would pick three and post the winners. Winners would get to be on the poster and get a $50 gift card to one of three gear websites, sports gear. We Oh, sports gear. We do sports photos. Very complicated. Okay. <laughs> the competition closed and he and I went through the sub- submissions independently. I picked three and he picked three. Turns out we picked the same ones and they all happened to be photos of guys. We excitedly posted the winners and the first comment made was 
No women? The comment was made by a male friend who was asked to post it by someone, but we don't know who. What? Our opinion is it has nothing to do with men slash women. You were asked to submit what you thought was the best. We were picking what we as photographers thought was the best of the best. Competition was fair and fair does not also mean equal. We didn't set out to fill a quota and say, didn't say that of the three photos, a minimum of one would be either male or female. We just wanted to do something fun for the people we take photos of. We responded politely, explaining how the selection process was done and hoping that ends it. You shouldn't have responded. What are your opinions? Should we have explicitly allocated a spot for a woman and even if it wasn't one of the best three or what we did was fair and it's someone upset they didn't get picked? Okay. Can I just ask a a a question real quick? These are photos you took of men? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's sports here. Here's my thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. This person is, the comment is unnecessary and rude. They should have just moved along. But I would say if this is for advertising, it's not very good advertising. If I am a female athlete and I want a photo of myself being a female athlete and I see a sports photographer that also does great photos of women and doesn't just have man photos, I'm going to go, oh, okay, they can do photos of me and I'm more likely to book them versus someone who just has very masculine, big bro, like fat baseball players or whatever. I just think it's not great marketing, but it's not wrong. People look through, I just want to get this straight. People look through the photos that you had taken and they sent in the ones that they liked the best or of them. Of themselves. So that everybody who's ever like booked their services who wanted to enter was like, use this photo of me you took. Okay, got it. Use this photo of me. So then they picked three for their advertising materials and it was three men. Okay. Um, It is possible that there is a better female photo out there and you've taken so many that that the, the four good ones of women, like those women just didn't participate. Right. It sounds like more men maybe participated, but let's say all things are equal. From a business standpoint, it's weird that that wasn't on your mind that like we might want to make this not so much equal, but just show the versatility of our abilities to photograph both because, you know, you want to show that you can light both of them and you can capture the essence of both of them. But that's your fault as a business person. It's not an ethical fault. It is a blind spot in our society. It's like, oh, just make everyone white. Oh, just make them all men. So you learn that lesson. However, the person leaving the comment only did that to try to get you canceled. That comment was not designed. I mean, it it achieved something positive in that you will think about your business and inclusion uh, in terms of helping you look better in the future. I always believe in choosing the best. It's not always fair, but those types of comments like left by someone who asked you to leave it. First of all, whoever asked them to leave it is fucking gutless. And I don't buy that. I think somebody was just a shit starter. You should never respond to those because they will go away. I see them all the time. It's whatever you post. It's like, what about that? I'll be on a lineup and it'll be like, no women, uh, like only one woman as if I designed the lineup. People always have an issue. And by the way, you could have posted nonstop female athletes for months. And then you post that and it'll be like, no women because people don't look back. So the comment was wrong. Your strategy was a little ignorant, but whatever. But you can't answer people like that because they're only there to fuck up your day. They're not there to offer solutions. They're hoping that by saying, I promise you, by saying no women, somebody else will read that and be like, yeah, you know what? I am going to give them a one-star review. How dare they? Or it's an athlete who felt slighted that her picture wasn't good enough. 
the contest was weird. You should have just picked three. Don't ever go back to the clients. Cause now you're saying like, Hey, we know you paid us to take pictures of you. Send in a picture of yourself again and we'll judge it. <laughs> no, don't ask the people. Yeah, I, I will just also say again, this person is wrong. The person writing you, you are not wrong for your contest. But if you had done, if you did a sports poster for advertising your business with three women, do you think guys would book you? Probably not. You know, like, I just yeah, think you have to that's fair. just it, just think about it. even, I mean, again, like w- there's not a quota, but if you have some great photos of people of various ethnicities, lighting is very different. Yes, lighting for sure. white people is much easier. And it's like, I was going to say, if I was a makeup artist, I would want to show that I can do black skin and white skin. If you show, I look for that. When I look at makeup artists, if everyone in your, in your portfolio is like 20 and I'm like, this is not the same as doing someone's makeup who's 20 years older. Yeah. Or if you only do black people, I'm like, can you do my, like you want to show that you can do, this is not about black versus white, but this is about, am I in the hands of someone who is versatile? Mm -hmm. Because people who take pictures of only men, like, do you know, can you capture the femininity and strength of a female athlete, you know? I do also think it's a little tough. Like, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to bag on your contest, but it's like, you took the photos and now you're saying some are better than others. I'd kind of be like, well, you took yeah, this one of me. Contest. Why don't you think mine is good? That's <laughs> exactly right. Tough. That was, it could have been a female athlete who like had someone do it. And she is, so the whole thing, the, it was a malconceived contest and you learned a lesson, but never respond to these whataboutism gnats. They're no. not there to offer solutions. No. Yeah. Congrats oh on having eight, bit of doing full-time jobs and running a business that has enough photos that you could even have a contest. We just want to have a little contest. In need of sad birthday advice. Yay! Hi, Eliza. My birthday is next week. And this time last year, I went through a really sad friendship breakup with my two closest girlfriends. The two of them stopped talking to me with no explanation last February, started spreading rumors about me behind my back, and long story short, our friendship blew up. Yes, we were in our 20s, and it was a very typical post-college friend group breakup. Right after I graduated, one semester earlier than them, and because I went straight to work, there was a lot of distance between us. Now that my birthday is around the corner, I don't know what to do because I spent the last four birthdays celebrating with those girls. I don't want to reconnect or anything because I know that friendship is in the past for a reason, but I need help figuring out how to celebrate without best friends anymore. What would you do? I have a lot of casual friends that I see occasionally, but they're almost all new in the last six months, and I'm nervous to plan something with them. Please help. Sincerely, a depressed 20-something who misses her trashy ex-best friends. Yeah, it's okay to miss them. Um, It's a very female thing to want to plan it with someone, there's not a lot to plan. Uh, There's not a lot to plan. It's either meet at this bar, you know, grab the friend that you're closest to and be like, hey, do you want to come get ready at my house? And we're all going to meet up at this bar. Doubt that you're renting a room or a table or anything like that. It could be super casual as reaching out to two girls and being like, do you want to come help me set up? I'm going to have people over. Well, I think that's the question. It's an adult. What? They haven't decided, they're trying to decide what to do at all. Well, so- I'm saying, first of all, have a party because you have the ability to drink a lot in your 20s and you should have a party. But this is your first step in being empowered to throw a party for yourself. When you're in your 20s, you throw parties for your friends because you all want a party. It is a very adult thing and nobody will think twice. If you're like, I'm having a party, come on over. 
I'm throwing my birthday party or I'm meeting at a bar. Like you don't have to think too much about it. And those friends can become better friends. Don't put too much into it because these are not your super close friends. But everybody wants to party. Everybody wants to meet up. And I think you'll be surprised in the way that people show up for you. Yeah. So don't, don't, you're afraid to like, be like, hey, it's my birthday. It's, you're allowed to do that. Plan something easy and light. But reach out specifically to people. Don't just send a blanket Facebook invite. That's easier for people to ignore. Like text people individually that you want to be there and invite yeah. them so that they know that they mean something to you. And it's not just because it's kind of like if you think it's like, oh, there's going to be a lot of people there. I'm not that important. They might flake out. They might flake out. I think it's worth reaching out to a couple of the girls. Maybe there's got to be someone that you're that you talk to more than others. Like, who do you go out with? And be like, hey, I want to throw a party. Would you help me decorate? You know, you want help. You want that support. You want someone to like take charge, but like maybe they just bring over cake or chips or they might surprise you. Let them surprise you, but don't be afraid to reach out. And then from there, just send out a blast invite. What I would do, because it sounds like you need to make a bunch of friends, be like, we're going to this bar at eight o'clock, show up with three girls. You don't have to be best friends with them and be like, invite whoever you want. And then that way you're not responsible for anything. Mm-hmm. I know it's weird to buy yourself a cake and be like, and now please sing to me. <laughs> but you could just bring your cake and then hopefully one of your friends is like, let's sing happy birthday. <laughs> you just I've definitely bought my own cake. Start cutting it. I bought my own cake before. I bought because well, yeah. you were like, I don't want chocolate. I don't want this. I don't like sugar. I, I just love want sugar. Of, I want a bunch of oranges in a little pile. She is my that's more, well, That would be Noah's cake. It would be a pile, just a little pile of oranges. No, Noah's cake would be a pot of lentils and like watching a film noir. Like we we do not have the same interests. All right. I know what you want. Top of the cop. It's the top of the cop. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My top of the cob is when you hang out with a friend and you're so engaged and having so much fun and real conversation with them that you forget to take a picture. I took my friend Rebecca Searle, New York Times bestselling author Rebecca Searle, out for breakfast for her birthday. And we both, we were going to like a nice hotel for breakfast. And we both wore white hoodies. Like we both had this idea, like it's a white hoodie day. And uh, I was like, this is so cute. And I meant to take a picture because I love her. And I thought that was so cute that we mind melded on that. And then we hung out and it was great. And then I got home and I was like, I never took a picture of how cute we looked because we were so in the moment with each other. So that's my top of the cob, being normal. Fan top. Fan top. I have a sustainable holiday top of the cob. This year, to save money and paper, I'm using paper bags from Trader Joe's as wrapping paper. Love it. Seasonal bags with holiday design so it still looks festive. And I think it looks like the classic brown paper packages tied up with string. It's a small thing that helps alleviate the stress I feel when I think about how the holiday season impacts our planet and it fills me with holiday cheer. Thank you both for putting out the pot each week. Happy holidays, Brooke. Now, yes, this is from the holidays, but we're now telling you so you can do this next year. No, you could do this with regular gifts. Well, with gifts, yeah. Remember, we used to all wrap our textbooks in grocery store bags, in paper bags. Remember there was like a way to cut them? Do you ever do that? I didn't, but I remember it happening and I didn't understand why the books needed covers. You're like, fuck this public school property. Yeah. Um, They need covers because kids are trash. Uh, I think wrapping paper in general is such a fucking scam. 
Like it is the most ephemeral, useless thing. Most people don't care. I It's right up there with, this actually should be my bottom, but it's not. Um, wine bags for gifting. It doesn't need a bag. Grab it by its neck Put a bow. and hand it to me. Not Or not, or just give it. Nobody wants the bow. You're not revealing anything. We know it's a gift. If it's a nice bottle, it definitely doesn't need a bow. The amount of gift wrapping also you can have your like aesthetic tree in Christmas. Like you're wrecking the planet for three seconds of glory. Yeah. No, we don't wrap gifts. It's, I have a, I keep paper. I've got a whole thing of gnarly paper and I just wrap stuff and I give it. It's never going to look great. It's off the counts. Okay, you. My top of the cob is I finally got to go in for my orientation yesterday to volunteer at Paws Atlanta, which I love. Been there before my mom volunteers there. But I went and I was really excited because I thought I was going to get to see this cat. Thorfinn is his name. And he is crazy looking. And I saw him the last time I was there when I went with my mom. And I was like, I'm going to check in on Thorfinn and get my mom an update. So I went and I couldn't find him in the cat cottage in any of the rooms. So I asked this other volunteer that was there who's worked there for ages. And I'm like, where's Thorfinn? Did he get moved? Is he in the sick bay? Like, where is he? He goes, no, he and Trevor, his friend got adopted. This cat... When I met him was so unfriendly, so weird looking. So like, I was like, he's never going to get adopted. Like my goal was to come in, win him over, make him lovable. And I was like, oh, he got, somebody got him. I'm so happy for him. That was your mission. And now you have to- I didn't. To find your place, maybe. I got to find another sad side. Two cats I pet yesterday that I fell in love with that were so sweet got adopted that day. And I was like, okay, so I obviously need to focus in on some sadder cats. No, you're just like, my work is done here. Thanks. <laughs> right? Tell the judge I did my time. Yeah. Yeah. But I was so, like, this cat is weird looking and I'm happy for him. Yeah, good for him. Bottom of the cob, you go. Then Me the fan. Go. Then I'll go. Me go. My bottom of the cob. So when you got to buy clothes for a specific event, I have to go to Ooh. a, uh, I'm actually coming out to LA and I hope you're there when I'm there for a work Kickoff launch party at the end of the month. Can I go with you? Where is it? Actually, you probably can, but you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it's I like a... love a free <laughs> shitty party at an airport Ramada. <laughs> okay, I'll get the details. It's um, it's like the kickoff. They're flying out their employees that are elsewhere, and we're having like an all company meeting and all of that. And the party is cocktail attire. Oh. I'm just like, oh, so now I have to get like a nice something and bring it with me. And then, because when I go into the office both days, I'm going to dress like nice. And by that, I mean like pants and a shirt that are nice uh-huh. as opposed to a t-shirt. No one else there is going to be dressed like that except the execs. But because I'm only off in the office like less than five days a year, I feel like I have to step it up a yeah. little. Dress nice, <sighs> not in underwearless pajama bottoms and SpongeBob slippers. I understand. Yeah. So... So I have those clothes set, but now I'm like, now I got to get another clothes for the a cocktail party with like all everybody. I'm just, ugh. Just, just black pants and any silk blouse will do it. You don't have to <sighs> literally, any, you want me to find one for you? I ordered something and when it comes, I'm going to send you a picture and see if it's okay. We'll see if it works. Where'd you order it from? Hand Taylor Loft? Somewhere cheap. Where'd you? I'll show what's you. The, Here's the, the problem. the company, the subscription company that... Used to advertise with Stitch us? Fix. Stitch Fix. Here's, here's the real problem, okay? When you look for clothes, I have to look for clothes for, for not the obese, but for plus size people, <laughs> right? And every plus size clothing website is like, at least you have giant boobs. So get those out. 
Like every piece oh, of clothing, they're like, they're like, there's the rest is a paper sack, but we got a nice big slip. I'm like, but I don't have that either. So I need you to figure out some other yeah. part to uncover, or I'm just going to wear a funeral shroud. Like if you look at any burial website, shroud, yeah. If you look at any website, they're just like, okay, the rest with the the fabric goes to your fingers and your toes, but the whole front is open. That's like, really no. funny. The plight of like the bigger girl without the boobs. Also, even if you're not a boob girl, like I've never uh, seen no, them. but I'm trying to look when I'm trying to do research on like what is fashionable for people to wear, and then the internet's like this cut, and I'm like, well, actually, no, but thank you. And I'm just having Google searches I don't want in like incognito, like plus no boobs, just Honestly, normal. You should just go into like a nice department store and and find some. Bra- they just just that's swallow gonna, and just go. That's what I'm gonna do just next go. weekend. It's uh, this thing is supposed to come this week. I'm gonna test it. I'm gonna make you look at it, and then I'll just go to a store next. I also gotta get shoes, so I gotta go to like a DSW next weekend. But I just can I just say, yeah, people. The hidden secret for any woman who dresses well is a tailor. And it's so inexpensive. You can buy something that's big and then get it tapered, get it tailored. Like if you find something that's a little big, take it and get it custom made, you know, for like $12. Yeah. So I'm just saying, if you find something that's a little big, you can always take it in. I do it all the time. Yeah. All yeah. the time. Okay. Um, Van Bottom. Van Bottom. Hello, Emily. When you have a communal bathroom at work and coworkers who do not choose the stall with the air freshener can in it when they know damn well they're about to blow their a-holes apart in there. Thanks, Jen. That's yeah. <laughs> rough. The, yeah, the contempt I feel for someone who takes too long in a public bathroom. It's like, what are they supposed to do? Right. But you're just like, this is, this is a restaurant. Like, I'm sorry that you have intestinal issues. Like, you shouldn't have come. But do any of us have the awareness? Because I certainly, I would never go in and be like, I need to pick the one with the air freshener. I think I go into right. every bathroom experience thinking this is going to be okay for everybody. Very rarely, once at a blue moon, do you go in going and you know, okay, this is going to be a bloodbath. Like, this is going to be a problem. A bloodbath? <laughs> like, that's awful. It's going to be a real battle. <laughs> real battle. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, my bottom of the cob is a low lift one, and it is when I order hot pancakes, pancakes, and hot you bring pancakes. me- I, Well, pancakes are hot when yeah. they bring, or or bread. You got table bread, ice cold butter. Oh. Because butter, first of all, does not need to be refrigerated, but we went to a really nice- breakfast and it's like you're paying for the view you're paying for the institution and you're it's nicer so you're paying for details right like the waiters are dressed like waiter like you're paying for this like upscale experience to be given first of all to bring your food and none of the things you ask for come with it like they brought pancakes they're like do you want syrup and I'm like yeah I said I did and now I have to sit here for like five minutes while you go fish that out. I'm sorry. It's an elevated experience is what we're paying for. Even IHOP like has the syrup on the table. Of course you fucking want syrup. But then to bring ice cold butter, where does that get you? It just, it's little details that make you appreciate when places do mind the details that you're like, you actually care. Well, and then ice cold butter in general. And a nice place, it's going to be in like a ramekin, right? Because at like a crappy place, at least it's in the little pats. You can like maybe put it under your leg and warm it up a little bit. I've done that. Yeah. It comes in a ramekin. I mean, 
I all yeah, so that's it. It just bothered me. I was just like, this is an expensive breakfast. We didn't get that much. The least you could do is have room temperature butter that doesn't like rip the pancakes do. in half. We're just eating cold chunks of butter. It really sucks. It really does make a big I feel like that's also why somewhere like IHOP where like they butter the bread for you. It's kind of like, ooh. I mean, it could be worse. You could be raped as a hostage in Gaza. No one believes you. But since this is there's no limits on what a bottom of the cup can be. Mine was cold butter. Not everything can be a heavy lift socially and politically. But we're loving the questions. So what a great coming. way to end the show. I just, people need to be reminded. This is not for all the people out there that are like, I'll just try this conflict on as a personality and set it down. Uh-uh-uh. Um, no, you do need to set it down every once in a while uh, for mental health. Okay. Well... Uh, coming up this week, this will come out on Wednesday. And by Wednesday, I will have posted about I on basically like October 9th of this year. I was like, I want to do something to help what's going on. Um, so I decided to throw a benefit for United Hatzala. You can Google them. They're basically the first responder paramedics on the ground in Israel. And they treat anyone. So it doesn't matter what you look like or your religion. Not that they're going to ask that like in America. We're like, can we have your insurance first? They treat people on the ground. They're like doing the hard work and we want to throw a benefit. And it's supposed to happen uh, last year in like around Christmas. And there was just so much going on. So we pushed it to this week and we're doing a beautiful, heavily security monitored um, event. Uh, complete with a silent auction and we've decided to open it up to the public online with some items that people generously donated so by the time you're seeing this i think the link will have been posted so if you want to bid on some of our cool items just know regardless of how you identify this is going to a great cause and um and check it out so head on over to my instagram page i'm sure it will be on there at some point and if it's not by the time this comes out maybe it'll be later today and we will see you next week